0: as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friend, and welcome to this first interview of 2024. I am thrilled to bring you this one. This definitely is by design and I had hoped that this would be my first interview. And I say that because it took a little bit of stepping out of my comfort zone to ask this person if they would like to be a guest. And I say that because the person that is on is someone that I've admired from afar, I would say probably since about 2007, my early days as a personal trainer in London, England. The person is Bangs, and Bangs is an incredible life coach and spin instructor. I say spin instructor, and I don't say that lightly because her spin classes in London, UK were incredibly sought after, and her clients still reach out to her. This year, Bangs totally went out of her comfort zone and decided to create an online studio with no skills on how to do this. She just got down to work and made it happen. And I followed her journey and it was absolutely remarkable. I admired bangs because since 2007, I would say back in those days, there weren't a lot of female trainers with blogs. And she was one of the first ones bangs in a bun. And I remember following her content and I just thought, wow, like this person really is at the forefront because like I said, there weren't many others doing it. And so our Our little blogging community was quite small and now everyone has a website and even websites I think are starting to pass on by. However, Banks just keeps moving forward with whatever the next thing is. When, as we speak, she is British, but she's also now living in Canada. She's living in Montreal where now she needs to learn French, which is not the easiest thing to do. And yet she goes for it. It's her resilience that really spoke to me. And so that's why we're calling this episode Building, Building Resilience and the Art of Never Giving Up, because that's exactly what Bangs does. And this is also how she transforms people's lives, is by teaching and coaching them to do the same. Sit back and enjoy this episode, because this one is a transformational one. All right. Hi, Bangs. How are you? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. Well,
0: I was so excited to have you on. I'm sure you saw my Instagram story where I said I was actually nervous to to ask you. I'm always looking for really fabulous guests, but you're definitely someone that I have followed since 2007, 2008, or right around the time we were both in London. And it was like, there were, for people listening, blogging wasn't like a thing it's not like now with social media like in london england there was just like a handful a very small handful of women that were blogging and putting out like their services as personal trainers and life coaches and all the things and so i started following you early days and so for me it's so exciting for us to connect on this on this podcast and to to chat
1: yeah it's it's really surreal when you meet people who you've followed for like a long time (laughs) like because yeah. I feel like we know each other already and you know it's oh, like it's so
0: funny yeah uh, tell us let's start off with your journey like start off with you know um I know that you're now living in Canada which was wild I had no idea you were Canadian probably until like the last I'd say the last few months when I when I caught something that you said on Instagram um tell me about that and tell me about your fitness journey how did you come about it and, and start helping people Okay, wow. Lots of ground to cover. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of ground. Take as long as you need.
1: (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) the Canadian connection. I was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia. My dad is from there, born and raised. Um, My mum's Irish. We ended up moving to England, randomly as you do, when I was about five. So I've always had dual citizenship and... probably around 2018 my parents decided they wanted to retire back to canada and i figured you know they're they're both well and healthy but they you know when your parents are a certain age and you just kind of feel responsible for like you know god forbid anything were to happen to them and then i'm an ocean away so i thought i'm not going to do that i will also move so we all ended up moving back to halifax nova scotia in 2020 and i am city person I've lived in big cities my whole life Canada uh, sorry Halifax is more of a it's technically a city but for me in terms of my experience and where I've come from it's a somewhat large-ish town really to, to me and I don't mean that as any disrespect it just no. kind of on the levels that that where I've lived um, that's kind of how I would class it And it just wasn't quite the right fit for me. So I moved to Montreal in July of this year. So I've been here like um, almost six months now. Um, So that's my Canada, Halifax, Montreal, London connection. And what was the other part of that question? How I got into fitness. Okay, so huge couch potato for many, many years, basically. In my youth, I was a dancer and that is what I wanted to do. I was very determined to like really technically you know according to young me I should be like a very famed choreographer at this point in my life that's where I (laughs) thought my life was heading Um, and it didn't quite pan out that way I was kind of if you want to be a dancer you have to make that decision when you're very very young and dedicate yourself to it fully and completely at that stage and it just felt all a bit intense for me to to make that choice when I didn't really feel like I had enough education under my belt etc so Um, dance has always been a part of my life. Um, Even still, every now and then I love to just go and take a dance class randomly. I love dance. I think it's the most beautiful art form. Um, But after I kind of stopped dancing uh, very, very regularly, I just, my level of physical activity just kind of faded to black, you know, just not a whole lot was going on. And I just literally found myself really just being a couch potato, very, very limited movement. And, you know, To cut to the chase, I got to like my late 20s and found that I was like getting really like winded going up a flight of stairs even, you know? And I thought that's not healthy. That's, I don't think that should be happening. And so um, I had been living in Canada for a few years. I've moved back to England. This is when I was probably about 29. And I thought, well, I'm not in a good uh, place physically if I'm literally finding that I'm being winded walking up a flight of stairs. I'm going to turn this around. So I decided to get into boxing, which is hilarious now when I think about it in terms (laughs) of like, you know, literally going from zero activity to the first (laughs) thing you try being like one of the most intense things. Um, But I found this really like down and dirty boxing gym in Leeds that just, I just became obsessed with it. And it was like a religion to me just every Thursday I would go and it was like 25 dudes and me, you know? And, but they were just like the loveliest, most supportive group of people. And it really helped to get my fitness level up, right? Boxing, I think just generally, it, it really activates your cardio super fast. Mm-hmm. And off the back of that, I was blogging, as you mentioned, um, at the time. And you know how it is when you first kind of get into something and I'm, I have quite an obsessive personality anyway. And so it just, the boxing had really like taken over my life and I was blogging about that and some very eagle eyed PR person saw this blog post of mine and I would say like mistakenly at the time thought I was super fit and asked (laughs) me if I wanted to run a half marathon and blog about it. And I was like, sure, you know, even though I've like literally (laughs) have not run since I was probably in primary school at that point and so then so began my journey into running and that kind of took over my life for I would say I was very very into that for probably about five years I did 13 half marathons two full marathons was blogging about heavily and that was kind of in that era where I mean I guess now I would have been referred to as an influencer like at that time there were so few of us bloggers around I was kind of very Early doors fitness blogger, if you will. At that point, my blog had started out in 2007, probably as like just fashion and opinion pieces and all this kind of thing. It became very, very fitness focused after I found running, and then off the back of that, people would come to me all the time and say like, "Where can I train with you?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like, I'm just a chick who likes running. You know, I wasn't like (laughs) trained or qualified in anything." Um, But enough people asked me that eventually, I took the hint and. I had been doing a bit of work with the spin studio in London. I was writing their newsletters and things. And eventually I just had spent enough time around the studio where I was listening to classes happening and stuff. And I thought, I think I could probably do that. And um, so I mentioned it to the owner. I think I'd maybe like to become an instructor. And she was like, oh, my God, I was hoping you would ask. So she got (laughs) me trained up. And, and yeah, the rest is, is history, I guess. You know, I just, I became a, a spin instructor there in London and became very, very successful there in, in what I was doing and have trained numerous other instructors um, during my time there. And then,
0: yeah, did the same thing when I moved over here to Canada. That's amazing. I love your story because you just, you go with the flow and you put your whole heart into it. And it's funny, like, how, as you're talking about these little these different stages like I remember your blog with those kind of things and um I relate with the parent situation too it's why I ended up back in Canada even though I love 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 London I think it's always going to feel like yeah. my home and when I arrived there I'm always like oh I, I feel like I could breathe <laughs> like I just love same, it
1: same same yeah <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> like
0: it um and then running too, I had never run and then got into running in London too. There, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing those connections and it's amazing where it starts to lead you. And I think the running too is what led me into the world of personal training and and feeling like I could, maybe I could do this. Um, so what I love is you are just, you're so resilient. Like why I wanted to have you on the podcast was, it wasn't that long ago, I was watching your Instagram I don't know it's you know with the algorithm I don't know why it popped up but it did and it was this one post and we're going to be talking a lot about your posts <laughs> because they're just they always <laughs> kind of like touch me in some way and and I think that's the thing is people relate with relate to you because you're so authentic and you're so real about your journey and what it means to just be living this human experience and you it was a post about you setting up your own studio, which I just think is wild that you were like going to do that because people, for people listening, like the technology and making it all work and, and setting up payments and times and how you're going to do it. Like there's so much to it that unless you're behind the scenes, you don't quite see that, which, you know, you're not really intended to if you're just someone that's going to take, take the class. But in that episode, you were, crying like you were so emotional and you were ready to quit because you couldn't figure out something to do with the technology and I I remember when I first put up my Rocco blog there wasn't these blog things like it was WordPress and you had to use some sort of like tool there's something about it oh it was so hard the I early days I'm of sure. blogging it was so technical and hard oh my god so hard to make it go live and and I remember thinking I'm gonna figure this out and then I did you know, and it went live and I don't even know how it actually ended up working because by then you're just so tired and you're trying and everything that when something works you don't even know what that thing was that worked <laughs> anyway it just I really related to that post and first of all I want to talk about two things I want to talk about like why did you decide to do your online, an online studio? Like spin for me has always been something that people go to, they go to classes, they don't necessarily do it online. Um, So talk to me about that process and then I wanna get into that emotional side of it later.
1: So said leaving London, I was The studio that I was at, I'd been there for six and a half years, nearly seven years. And I taught like seven classes a week, sometimes more. I had a really foundational group of a lot of riders who rode with me day in and day out. And those were my people, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we went into lockdown, I remember that was March of... 2020 and I hadn't actually announced at that point that I was leaving and I mean I knew that I was but um you know for for reasons with the studio we were kind of holding off a little bit on on me announcing that and as those first few weeks went by I'm not sure if you remember those you know initially they said we'll be in lockdown for three weeks yeah, which is laughable now when you think about it but as okay. the weeks ticked on that that realization slowly hit in of like oh i'm not going to see these people before i go right because my ticket was booked my literally my apartment was packed up like so i had this kind of heartbreaking moment of realization of mm-hmm. like these people have been a huge part of my life for nearly 7 years and this wow. was also not that it was my fault but i felt like a guilt almost of like just leaving without seeing anybody and without saying goodbye and it just made me feel awful because they've just been such a huge part of my career and my success within that company and people when I did announce I was leaving which I ended up having to do over Instagram which was very surreal as well um loads of people were like oh I hope you'll do online classes and I just was kind of like "Ha!" like you know, I just kind of laughed it off because that I mean, Peloton was a thing. But other than that, like, no, nobody's really doing it. And then obviously, like, you know, as the pandemic went on, God bless every single fitness trainer who somehow magically overnight, online gurus have like managed to set up things and do things online and live stream things and first of all shout out to every fitness trainer who did that because they definitely do not get enough credit for the level of difficulty and skill that is involved in doing that and how quickly they did it and and they were such a lifeline for so many of us during that 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 time in the pandemic that I, I just think it's so undervalued and so underrated what they what they did for all of us collectively during that time And I, uh, you know, I didn't even own a bike. I was moving countries. It was like, like, I can't think about that right now. That's not realistic for me. But it has come up like repeatedly over the years. And even when I was teaching in Halifax, my London crew would still, you know, they'd see clips of me teaching there and be like, I miss this so much. I wish I could still ride with you. And it's been said to me so much, so much over the years. When I moved here to Montreal, as it turns out, there's there's not really a big spin culture here in the way that I'm used to it, at least. And that's been quite a surprise to me. And obviously, for people listening who don't know much about Montreal, um, it's very French. (laughs) It's really the only (laughs) place uh, in Canada where French is the first language now, officially. And if you don't speak French, it's a problem. Like You can't really work here, et cetera. So I didn't really know that extent of it before I moved here. (laughs) Right. <laughs> There's a lot of other wonderful reasons to move here, by the way. It's a beautiful city, uh, very green, et cetera, et cetera. They're very affordable right now. So I kind of found myself here struggling to find a place that would take me on as an instructor. I, I've found a place where I teach spin now, but not it's not frequent enough for me to really be able to make a living. And I just, you know, I've moved cities again and I'm just like hanging on by a thread, I've got to figure something out so I can keep a roof over my head, right? And the apartment that I moved into, it's really funny, I had to move here sight unseen, basically. I did a viewing over Zoom, okay. and, then, and then I just moved here. And I had, at that point, I'd viewed so many different apartments. I couldn't even really remember which one I was moving to. You know, you know when you reach that point where you're like, you know, I guess, whatever, I'll move there, fine. Detail. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a roof, fine. place is two bedrooms. And which I had kind of forgotten that detail when when in amongst all the madness of moving. And I got here and I thought I have no idea what I'm gonna do with that second bedroom. I don't have any furniture for it or anything. And as the weeks ticked on and just, you know, that room was, had just kind of become my junk room, if I'm being completely honest with you. And one day, one morning I was out walking my dog and randomly I checked my Instagram and I had a message from somebody who it had actually come into like that hidden inbox. So it wasn't even somebody who I've interacted with before, but I I guess she must've obviously ridden with me back home in London or something. And she messaged me and she said, I know you probably get this all the time, but if you were to teach online classes, I would be the first person to sign up. And I think she just hit me on the right day because I was just literally every day up to that point was just, do. how am I going to live here? Because I'm just coming up against brick wall after brick wall. And she just caught me on the right day where I just thought, Maybe that's what I should do because I, my, on my, you know, five-year vision board, owning a studio has always been a thing for me. I've always wanted to do it. People have always asked me, why don't you own your own studio? And my response has always been like, like, just, just worry about teaching. I just want to be able to go and do what I'm great at and go home. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't really want the stress of having to run a studio. Um, But about it I thought you know having having a brick and mortar studio started to make less and less sense to me especially if I'm going to live in Montreal zero point in me having one here when most of my audience is back home in the UK or now in Halifax Nova Scotia so what's the point of me having you know to have a studio here for what it's going to take me five ten years to build up the level of following etc and and I'm certainly not getting any younger so I just thought okay maybe an online studio is the way to go. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. hopefully going to give me a way to just be able to make a living and to be able to connect with the people who I've made these amazing connections with over the course of time that I've been doing this. And so from that day, I just was like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. And did a little bit of a blurb about it on, you know, literally kind of talking it through on my stories (laughs) as the ideas coming to me. I said, I'm going to, I think I'm going to teach online classes. And somebody messaged me off the back of that and said, can I invest? I would love to help with this somehow. And I said, Oh my God, do you think if I set up a GoFundMe, people might donate? And she said, I will. And I was like, all right, cool. So I think maybe literally the day after I set up a GoFundMe within 72 hours, I'd raised about four and a half grand or something. And so I bought a bike, I bought a camera, I cleared the junk out of the spare room and I got cracking.
0: <laughs> I, oh my goodness. I, there is just so much I love about that. Um, where do I even begin? First of <laughs> all, <laughs> through COVID, you were right. Like people, trainers just got online and figured out how to keep serving their clients. And, you know, it was, of course, you're doing it because you need to survive financially, but there has to be a love and a passion for wanting to help others in order to be able to go through what it takes to do that. Um, Honestly, what a gift,
1: truly, what a gift to, really for us to have these people, right, who, yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a personal trainer, Um So to have people who can just on the spot put together a little program, put together a 20, 30 minute workout and just Mm -hmm. deliver that to people on the day. And I I don't think we talk about it enough, you know, in in this kind of I want to say post pandemic, but we're still very much in it. If we're being honest, Um, we don't talk about it enough, like how incredible personal trainers were for our sanity
0: during that time, you know. Mental health. I remember at the time my mom had broken her ankle and I was waiting for my new home to be built. So I moved in with her and I remember, I thought I was just going to lose my mind. Like I was just at an all time low, had dealt with the the COVID divorce and the whole thing and didn't know anyone because no one would be in your bubble. And I remember I started some kettlebell classes. I, same thing. I just asked who who would want to do it. But I remember thinking like very selfishly it wasn't financially because I was just, you know, I was fine. I was living at home, but it was from my own mental health. Like I knew I had to have something where I could wake up for it with a purpose and connect with people. And, and, um, so there's that side of it too. Like, I think for right. the trainers, and I think that's what, what gives you like that grit to be able to do it is it, it, there's so many levels to it, but have that connection during covid was like for for me was a lifeline um you mentioned peloton so earlier when i was talking to you about your studio i couldn't remember the name of of the company like Peloton's a giant like everyone is i don't know about like well i know in the uk my friend jocelyn's actually a peloton instructor and like did you did that ever go through your mind like okay I'm going to create a studio, but there is Peloton, this huge giant out, out there, or it wasn't even really like, was that like, Oh yeah, if they do it, I can do it. Like, what was your thought on that? Cause you didn't mention them. So I was like, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course it's a thing, you know, and I think they're, they're the top at what they do, hmm. but it's like pair it to when I was in London and, and the studio, I worked at Boom Cycle, which was, you know, one of the first boutique spin studios in London and we were very very successful and I always remember when Cycle moved to London we had a lot of people coming in and being like aren't you worried aren't you worried that Soul Cycle's coming to London and we were all just like well no because first of all they were a bit late to the party to be to be quite <laughs> honest you know SoulCycle are I- They're obviously hugely, wildly successful at what they do in America. I don't know how the studios in London do right now. I'm assuming they do very well because they've they've obviously got an extremely strong brand. But at that time when they moved to London, there were so many boutique spin studios that like they kind of missed that boat really in terms of really being able to come in and make an impact. Mm. But also SoulCycle is SoulCycle and they're excellent at what they do. That's not gonna affect our business at all, right? All SoulCycle does is actually elevate spinning brand if you will within the london community so really what what happens is okay cool maybe people haven't take someone who hasn't tried spin before but they've heard of soul cycle now soul cycle in london they're going to try soul cycle cool but that's now their gateway to try other spin studios in London, right? If they go to SoulCycle and discover they, they love it, they love spinning, they're more likely to give some of the other studios a try too. So really everybody wins. Nah. And, you know, even with, with us at Boom Cycle, maybe our classes weren't for you. That's okay. There's other places to go. And I think... I kind of apply that same logic to everything. Do I think I'm gonna be a competitor with Peloton? Absolutely not. I'm one person, right? I don't have a global brand machine behind me. It's just me in my bike in my spare room, right? But need to be Peloton. Does everything need to be Peloton, right? Like there's different sectors, there's different people. There are some people who may have tried rides with Peloton who don't like it. It's not necessarily their thing. I've had lots of people tell me and reach out to me and say, why aren't you on peloton i would ride with them if they had you as an instructor or whatever you know like and for whatever reason that hasn't happened um I think like no i don't think i'm going to compete with peloton but i also think there's space within the market for everybody you just carve out your own niche right so do i need to have thousands of members no i'd like to have a hundred by the end of next year that's yeah. that you know i'd be happy with that like I am, but one person, you know, (laughs) like, I'm not, there's not, certainly I'm not trying to compete or be on the same level with Peloton. You know, that's, that's not my ambition or goal with it.
0: I love, I just love your perspective because first of all, I just think it gives anyone listening, whatever gift they have to put out there, like comparison truly is the thief of joy. And you could so easily go down that thinking of like, oh this person or this company is already doing it. Who am I to do it? But really you're right. There's, there's someone for everyone and people will come to you because they're attracted to you and what your gifts are and how you nurture that relationship. And so um, I love that. Like I said, whether you're a life coach or whether you're just someone with this idea and you're like, I don't know, I don't, you know um, you really give hope for people to do that. And, and that, yes, you can, there's room for everyone to be successful. Like I've always said that I always promote other trainers and other health coaches on my podcast, despite having my own course that I, that I sell and, and one-to-one clients, because I just believe that there's someone for everyone and that there's enough Mm -hmm. abundance and wealth and, um, things to go around. There's no need to focus on that competitiveness and if I can help someone by listening like maybe someone's listening to you right now and they're resonating with you like how amazing just to know that that connection was made like there's everyone mm. that. so I love that yeah that's your perspective
1: yeah I think if, if something is on your heart you owe it to yourself to do it mm-hmm. right like I I don't not that you don't consider from a business perspective is there a market for this is there you know supply and demand etc etc of course you're going to think about the logistics of the thing but also what lights you up yeah what is your purpose and I always think of this line in the movie sister act two if you'll indulge me <laughs> love it go for it <laughs> so there's a line in sister act two Whoopi Goldberg says to Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill, who's, you know, she has this amazing voice, incredible singer, and her mother wants her to just like, listen, girl, just focus on the studies and like, you're not allowed to sing and just, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Whoopi Goldberg says to Lauren Hill, if when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you think about is singing, you're a singer. And that has stuck with me literally for my whole life. When I heard that, it lit something in me because I think as a creative, especially, You know, I started my career as a writer. I still do that now. And I think as a creative, you're constantly faced with those, like, questions about worth and about value and about where you sit in that pecking order in society and you're constantly being undervalued and devalued and the creative budget is always the first thing to be cut. And it just is, you constantly question, why am I doing this? But... When I wake up in the morning, spinning is on my heart. It's the first thing. Like being of service to others in this way, I know I'm good at it. I know it's what I'm meant to do. So I'm not supposed to do that because Peloton exists. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, There are people who I can reach with my thing who resonate more with them than whatever other brand they've tried. And so it's just, you just have to take the risk and dive into it and hope that the net appears you know so i'm listen it's scary as hell and I'm, I'm in that phase right now i'm just hoping the net appears mm-hmm. i don't know you know but i would be doing myself a
0: huge disservice if i didn't try you know oh my gosh let's talk about that that moment because i think whether someone's spinning or not we can we've all had those moments in our life where we're literally on our knees it's like this is that moment where the pull to quit is So strong, and I felt that in in your in that post that you did in that video. What what gets you through in those moments? Like, how do you build resilience so that you don't quit when really maybe all you see in that moment is just like a darkness, and you don't even know. I think you even said that, like, I don't even know what the next step is. And I know that most people listening, you get to a certain age, and you've had those moments in your life where you're like, I just don't know, and the quitting is easier. Mm, yeah. Oh,
1: it's so hard. I think, you know, I made that decision on a dog walk of like, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. And I didn't really know what it would involve to set up this online studio. I did know I'm really good at what I do on a bike. I'm really good at that. I'll go up against anybody. I would consider myself to be among the best, and I'll say that with my whole chest. Absolutely do know not particularly technically savvy and I'm about to set up an online studio right so like I'm just like oh my Jesus I don't know how I'm gonna do that and so when I say learning curve it's a learning mountain like literally every day I've had to learn something new and I was relating to what you were saying as as you open this up where you were talking about blogging and and just how difficult that was. And back in the day, you know, you'd had, there were so many technical elements of it to figure out and you'd fix something and not even understand how you fixed it. Like that's 100% where I am every single day right now. (laughs) And that point where, made this decision, I think end of, it was maybe end of August. um, And I thought, oh, I'll have this thing up and running by November 1st, that's gonna be my deadline. Well, with each passing day, I literally was like the technical elements of this. That I have to figure out. I don't even know what I'm supposed to Google to. Like, it was just all of it was so technical. Like, I don't even know the words of what I'm trying to describe to do to give it to Google. Like I just it was a it was barrier after barrier and I'd figure one thing out. It was like whack-a-mole. I just I'd get one thing figured out and then six other problems would pop up and then, you know, it, and I'm just doing it myself. I don't, I've don't. i moved to this new city. I don't know anybody. I have no community, no connections. Like, I'm just doing it myself. And it's incredibly isolating. And I think that day when I posted that video, I just was really at my wit's end of like, maybe this and coming up against all of these problems, maybe that's the sign that I shouldn't be doing it. And I just had a moment where I really doubted that. And very, I was very emotional because I just. Living on scraps, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I'm literally like I'm trying. It's survival. It's survival. Right. I don't come from money. I don't have backing or investors. The GoFundMe funded literally the equipment that I bought Mm -hmm. and that was it. Right. And that's all it needed to fund. I don't expect people to fund my lifestyle. Right. But I I don't, I'm not coming into this, like, you know, with backers. It's just me trying to figure it out. And it's when you're trying to survive and the success of this thing is what your survival is depending on. And today you feel like you're going backwards. It is soul destroying.
0: Yeah
1: you're a spin instructor so you've got to be happy happy joy joy for the people you know (laughs) and it's like part of me is like I don't want people to to see the struggle but I also thought you see brands pop up out of nowhere all the time and there's nobody documents this part of it where it's actually just your brain is just mush and you're just you know you end each day in tears and you spent all day trying to fix something and you might have fixed it and then 7 minutes later it broke again and like there's I documented some of it and thankfully I have a good sense of humor and so I can laugh about the things but there's so many parts of it that I that I haven't even told you because I feel like you wouldn't even believe me if I told you how <laughs> okay, many we- other things went wrong like I didn't I left out the part where I recorded finished and edited three videos that I ended up having to completely delete like because of problems with my computer, blah, blah, blah. Like there's certain things i just left out completely because it just reached a point where it's like, this is an actual joke, the number of things that are going wrong. And so when we talk about resilience, what I think about is think about that woman who has never met me, who reached out to me on Instagram and said, can I invest? I would want to help with this. She doesn't owe me that. She doesn't even know me, but she saw something in me. Yeah. Think about all oh, the numerous riders of mine back in London who, every time they've seen a clip of me online, have said, I miss you. I wish we could ride together still. So, when we talk about resilience, how dare I give up mm. when those people are still riding for me, literally and, and uh, metaphorically, right? Uh, who am I? Actually, never mind. It got too tough. That's, that goes against my whole life philosophy. Uh, I owe it to myself because I know that I'm good enough to do this. I know I have this in me. I just have to get over this rocky period. And the rocky period is necessary. Every single part of what has happened up to this point has been vital in terms of me learning about the equipment. Frustrating as fuck. Yes. <laughs> But vital to the process, right, of me learning every element of this. What I will say is Rob and Hillary, who were the owners of of Boom Cycle, who I was exceptionally lucky to work under, who showed a belief in me that they did not owe me at the time, but they, they saw a talent in me and they nurtured it from the second that they met me. And they empowered me every day that I worked there. And what I will say about them, the first time I went to BoomCycle, they were working behind the front desk. And that has been the example that I've seen through a really important part of my professional life. And what that taught me is never too big to be behind the front desk. And that taught me it's very important to know every single aspect of your business. So when Rob and Hillary, when I worked there, when they're asking me or the rest of the team to do something, I'm that much more willing to do it because I know they've done it. I know they know the business. They've done every single part of this. I've seen them clean the floors. I've seen them do every part of it. So that taught me a lot about owning a business and just like, don't, you know, farm it out to like other people. Learn it all first. I have the luxury of farming any of it out to anybody right now, but I would rather be in this frustration and hardship of having to learn it all so that I'm that much more empowered as it grows, you know? It's just it's a really annoying and frustrating part of the process, but an unavoidable
0: one, I think. I hope that answered the question. I'm sorry, oh I went off my on gosh, off a tangent. So, <laughs> in, so incredibly well. Um, there's just so much to in to like take from from all of that. My mind is kind of just like all over the place. <laughs> one is I really like how you talk about just needing to get through it and i always think of it those those hard times and the learning process like i often think of like university and and going and taking a course to become a professional whether it's a doctor or whatever it is and and you'll have those moments on your knees where it feels so hard yet you still get up and do it and then as entrepreneurs it's like there's this picture that you should just be able to do it and all flows and you're not gonna have these moments like I remember at one point just thinking it's my education this is like me taking a course only I'm the instructor and the student right and so I think accepting that process is what is what it sounds like you did and that is I agree it's a part that entrepreneurs don't share Um, and you don't even have to be an entrepreneur it could be like any any part of your life that that if you want to do something, you've got to go through the yuck to get to the good part. And I think accepting the process, I don't know if it makes it easier, but, um, it does mentally in a sense that you're not going to get away with going through that either. Yeah. One that you Touched on that. I, I don't, we're not going to have time to go into it. I think it's a whole other podcast episode. I probably have you on like three or four more times easily. <laughs> <But one> that <laughs> cool. Um, part of here's your passion here's what you love to do you wake up thinking about it and I get that spin isn't just spin like you it's like anything when you're working with people so closely they're getting so much more than the exercise from you it's really life-changing and it has a ripple effect on their lives so when you say spin it's not just the actual physical spin part of it but there comes a point where you need to make money and you deserve the abundance and you actually can't give your gifts unless they someone is actually paying for them. Like it's, it's that transaction that has to happen. I think as women. That's a big topic. So often we undersell our services. Uh, we don't feel comfortable talking about how we actually need to make money and not just enough to survive, but to live abundantly as well. But like I said, that's a whole other podcast let's go into life coaching because I know you're a life coach can you talk talk to us about what is a life coach um who do you who do you help like what kind of person comes to you for life coaching
1: so I always say the difference between therapy and life coaching is therapy really helps you to dig into the why and the understanding of a thing. Life coaching, I feel, helps you to take that and then put it into action, right? Like what is an actionable way to be able to like move through your life with this thing? And I got into life coaching because for anybody who's who's ridden with me in a spin room, coaching is a huge part of what I do. I'm not just kind of shouting out numbers and staying silent. You know, I coach you in a very emotive and motivational way. That's kind of a key part of my brand of what I do. And I would have numerous people say to me like, oh, I wish you could coach me off the bike the way that you do on it. And people would often refer to my rides as like therapy or, you know, just of really learning so much you know or feeling a real certain way after they've come through a ride and 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 again enough people had said that to me that I was like oh yeah that actually feels like a, a really natural progression of what I do is to get qualified as a life coach so so that's what I did who who comes to me and uses my services I would say it's mainly women like 30 plus and generally people come to me In like the nicest possible way when they're just sick of themselves you know Mm. where they've kind of they've either reached a crossroads in life and they're very confused about how to proceed or feel that they just don't really have the knowledge or skills or experience or support to be able to get through to the breakthrough to the next phase or they've been cycle and just can't seem to get out of it or they feel like life is kind of groundhog day and they want to aim for more. But again, they just don't quite have the right foundation or support system in place. And so I kind of think of myself as like your cheerleader bestie who just is kind of like, oh, you want to do this? Like, and I'll be that like walking affirmation who's just kind of like, you're the best. You can do it. Let's go. Here's how we can do it. Here's how we can make it possible. And works with you to figure out like okay what's an action plan that's doable for you right now and let's just i'm going to hold your hand and guide you through this sometimes you're going to be kicking and screaming a little bit that's okay but we're going to get through it together and i think that's what a lot of us just need in life is that that level of support and guidance is um interesting that i think a lot of people don't a realize that that is available to them Mm -hmm. and b um A lot of times people don't realize how impactful that investment can be for them, right? So they stay in this state of struggle for way longer than they need to because, well, I'm not going to deny it, it's a luxury to have this kind of a service in your life, right? It it requires um, disposable income to be able to afford it. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't. But I think it pays off tenfold right once you've like come through the process and you get there a lot quicker with the help and support but I think it is definitely for sure it's a bridge oftentimes a financial one um for a lot of people and and I think it's also kind of a it's a relatively new industry really life coaching you know people are familiar with therapy um and I'm very pro therapy by the way I have a great therapist I'm very pro therapy I think that the two actually work really well in tandem so I would never say get life coaching, don't get therapy or vice versa. I think they, they both have um, a, a value uh, to offer. And I think, yeah, just life coaching is as widely known just yet as, a, as an option for a
0: lot of people. I love that. I love that we're putting that option out there for someone that hasn't heard it. And you said you get there a lot quicker, but I instantly thought is like you'll get there. I feel so much for the woman that just feels stuck and that stuck feeling sometimes leads to no action and how that impacts you mentally is profound and how it impacts all areas of life. And sometimes you just need someone to help you with that next action step. Like what is that step? And I feel like that's a huge part of what you provide and if you're wanting to make a change and you're surrounding yourself by the same people day in day out that want you to stay exactly as you are, because that's, that's kind of human nature. People don't want you to change. It feels, can feel threatening. They can feel, you know, fear over losing you or part, whether it's your time or, or they're worried you're going on a different journey. And so to keep doing the same thing day in day out is the definition of insanity. And, and it, and, and, I think you lose yourself in that. So to be able to know that you can actually reach out to someone and you're right. And sometimes people think that they need to go to therapy, but actually what they need and what they're looking for is a life coach, but they don't understand. And I like that. I love that you actually spoke about the differences because I do agree that that both are uh, needed, but they're very, they're very different. Yeah. And um, yeah. Amazing. And I think that's also what makes you an incredible Coaches like that you videoed. I'm going to go keep going back to that video <laughs> because no one ever films like very few people share the yucky part of it. And I know I didn't for ages because you don't want people to you think, oh, if they see me struggle and think I'm a failure, why would they come to me for help if I'm going through the yuck? But actually it's watching you go through that process and having that resilience, resiliency and knowing or like finally coming up with the action plan that shows that if you do it for yourself you can definitely do it for other people I think that's so profound 100% I think I'm so pro just being
1: fully authentically yourself I don't I don't know how to be any other way to be quite honest with you people who have these kind of perfectly curated online (laughs) personas I'm like cool for you sis I don't I don't know how to do that I don't Not know how really. to do that. I've only ever really been authentically myself. And, and I'm going to give you the real. And sometimes my real is very, very hard. You know, um, I, there was somebody posted a, a spoken word poet in their stories the other day. And I, I re-shared it. She had a line in this poem she was reading about some, on days when I struggle to stay warm in my own weather. And I just was like, oh. How beautifully put, right? Because don't we all have days like that? And I think what I look for and what I love and what I cherish in others is vulnerability every Mm. time. Authenticity every time. Bring me your broken pieces, right? right? Like that's what helps you get to the grit of a person. And so what does it say about me if I'm not willing to show you my gritty bits? right? If I can't be vulnerable, I can't expect vulnerability from you if I'm not willing to show you mine, right? So for anybody else who is struggling with the thing, you know, be it starting your own business, I'm going to show you the bit where you literally just want to tear your hair out and you're crying and it's hard, right? Because that is the reality of it. Because what I don't want you to do is go into launching a business thinking it's going to be like the perfectly curated persona girlies, because it's not that. Those girlies are also having mental breakdowns behind yeah. the scenes and that's no shade. That's that's mm-hmm. the human experience, it is what it is. But because they're not showing it, it creates this completely unreal perspective that people are trying to aim for. So I'd rather show you like, actually this is what it looks like and it's, it's like completely up and down and all over the place, but to your point of what you were saying of when people just get stuck I think what happens is you know you get stuck and it just it dulls everything in your life and if you think of it as like a on old school TVs where you could fade between um fade the color down so it was black and white and I think you kind of every you fade the color down so everything's black and white and you can't you're just in this cycle and you can't see the color anymore and i think what a life coach helps you do is connect back into like i know you've forgotten but what's the one flash of color that lights you up a little bit let me lead you back to the color right and helps you to just gradually turn up the brightness again To lead you back to your joy and lead you back to like a different perspective or a different path or, you know, or actually this job is making you miserable or maybe it's the place that you live is like you are so ready to move on and try something else or you just need another perspective to come in because you've just been living in black and white for so long that you can't see the wood for the trees, you know, so I think ultimately that's what a good coach helps you to do is you're really providing all the answers for yourself. You just need someone to ask you the right questions because you've forgotten what you're so tired.
0: You don't even know what the questions are anymore. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. And the people around you can think you're crazy. <laughs> like, 100%. they'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know what, you, you were the first guest I had on. We just finished, we just passed our 100 hours, which was exciting. Um, I literally haven't gotten through half the questions <laughs> I had for you <laughs> the first time. Um, and I think that's I I just love that there you just have so much to give. I do have two more questions that I am gonna ask them. So I'm gonna ask you for a little bit more of your time. Let's
1: go. Oh my god, I'll be here all day with you, girl. Okay, amazing.
0: The one because I, th- I really want people to go to your Instagram first to start to get to know you if they don't know you already, because there's so much value. Just start there. Like just start there. And the, you had this one post that it made me laugh so much, uh partly because it was hilarious. You are just really funny. Is great. <laughs> oh, and, and laughter is, you know, it's medicine, but also because there's a truth to it. There was such a truth to it. And I hope you remember it. It was the shut up post yes i do remember that one yeah can you talk, talk
1: about that about that post <laughs> so, so i think this is what i was doing 75 hard right yes, um, yes. So, like, yeah actually. so I, was, I did that challenge 75 hard which if for people listening if you don't know what it is i always forget the actual task basically it's like a physical and mental challenge where you have to complete these tasks every day so you have to do two 45 minute workouts a day one of which has to be outside have to drink a gallon of water take a progress picture every day um what's the other thing read 10 pages of a non-fiction book and follow a healthy diet of your choice right so I had I was doing all of that and I was on I want to say I'm like point was I think I was 36 or 40 days or something into it and I woke up this that morning and my outdoor workout was essentially just like a power walk with the dog, right? I would do that every day before I'd go to the gym and do the indoor workout. And I woke up that day and it was like, I live in Montreal, right? So it was snowing and it was just, it was like that, it was like wet snow that like some of it was settling and it was like sludgy <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, there's some snow that's like, that you really have an appreciation for. That's like, really crisp crispy, <laughs> cute, crispy. It's an Instagram moment. This wasn't, it was just like nasty snow. And I just, I probably, you know, I, every morning I wake up and I journal and I have this like really intense morning routine. And I tried to talk myself out of this walk 72 different ways before I just said to myself,
0: What's
1: up? What's up? like, just go and do the freaking walk. Like weather is gonna weather. You can't argue with that. It yeah. is what it is. And I can either this walk down the road of my day where it won't get done and the key thing about doing the 75 hard challenge is if you miss any of the tasks in a day you have to go back to day one there's no way I'm doing that so (laughs) I have to get this thing done so I just was like shut up and I think we all do that I'm as guilty as anybody else at times right like we all do that, like look for the excuse that is going to give us the best story and the best justification that we can really sit in and feel comfortable and feel yeah. good about like, while we're having our cup of tea on the couch when Same. we should be outside doing the thing that we do. You know, So I was really <laughs> looking for that story. I was really searching for it so hard. And I thought, oh, just <laughs> shut up. i just go outside and do it. I could have, I'd be halfway through it by this point, right? Yeah. If I'd have just shut up and got on with it, I would have been halfway through at that point, but I'm over here being, you know, freaking <laughs> like, you know, JK Rowling making up stories about like the, the best possible reason to like not go and yeah. do it today. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you just have to lovingly tell yourself to shut the hell up and just get on <laughs> with the thing, you know? Cause you know, you're BSing yourself ultimately, right? You know oh that God. you're just, you're begging for an excuse to not do it. And it's like, actually what is more important to me finishing 75 hard or staying uncomfortable in my house for 30 minutes what's going to be in the grand oh yeah of course I like once I told myself (laughs) to shut up I was like yeah okay cool I went out and did my walk I just you know you we live in Canada you dress for it you go and do your thing and and I did I finished 75 hard I actually just finished it maybe two weeks ago and yeah I think all of us are guilty of that where it's just you're desperate for an excuse but half the time actually just tell yourself to shut up and get on with it you could have just finished the thing
0: by the time I <laughs> love time it you I love making
1: it. an excuse
0: and I asked if you finished because I knew that you would but I was just curious if you're still like on one of the days um I know I have heard of 75 hard I know exactly what it is and I have never considered it so well done for <laughs> for doing it but, you know, it was so funny. I guess what's so funny about that post is that, well, one, it's true. But two is, like, so often the content we want to put out there or, you know, there's this whole positivity thing, right? And I think that has its place where you have to tell yourself, no, I can do it. I know I've got this. And you're all positive with yourself. And I just love that it. it was the complete opposite because sometimes it's- <laughs> you have to <laughs> just do it. So it just like and that. also
1: sometimes you know the reality is it's not like I really came to this like loving acceptance and I had this really <laughs> mindful walk but like, no I hated it I, it sucked I it. Uh, you know I don't like being and outside it. when it's raining and it's cold And I just sometimes you just got to do it you know and it yeah. doesn't have to be this kind of curated set of circumstances and you don't have to exactly that sometimes it's not always like Oh, positivity, that's rainbows crazy. and unicorns. Sometimes it's just like, Oh, just shut up and go and do the thing. You know, you're going to feel
0: good after you do it. And I, I did we're missing you know, I felt, a little bit these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, felt
1: great after I'd done it, but it's like, sometimes you just, you've got to do it when you don't want to, you've got to do it when it's inconvenient. You've got to do it when it sucks, you know? And that's just the reality of life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. One last Question that I ask um, everyone that comes onto the podcast because I'm big into these moments, and I know that at you know at a certain point we've probably had many of these moments. But what is one that you can remember? A moment where you either read something or heard something that that was the moment that changed something for you.
1: Ooh, wow, great question. What's a moment that changed something for me? I don't know actually that it was something that I as much as something that I did, which would be, it would be that first boxing class that I did because my internal narrative up until that point, bearing in mind, I had been a couch potato for many years at that time, I was very unfit. And so to justify that lifestyle I had told myself, I'm very unfit. I can't run for a boss. And and that was kind of like a badge of honor for me in a weird way. You know, when you try and kind of flip it and reverse it and like, I want to justify it and I'm going to make this my identity that like, oh, I don't work out. Really become my identity at that point. And it had not made me feel good about myself, I should say. And so when I went to that first boxing class, Just kind of being in that room, having told myself for so many years on a loop that I hate exercise, that I won't work out. Being in there and actually just just trying and Mm -hmm. being able to do a thing. Being able to, like, do a push-up. Was it perfect? No, but I did it. Being able to do a sit-up? Great. Perfect? No, but I, I did it. And I remember feeling, I I feel this much more profoundly these days. And I don't know if I necessarily would have identified it as this at the time, but a real gratitude for my body for Mm. doing, and like a bit of a, I felt an amazement um, at being able to do these things when I had, Ultimately, really mistreated my body for a lot of years. The fact that my body was still showing up for me in that moment was really powerful. And that literally, that day, I came out of that and my arms just felt like noodles that didn't even belong on my body. You know, I just yeah. spent so, like, literally an hour and a half was that session of like just hitting a heavy bag. And came out of that session. Feeling like i have been rewired, of like it it flipped my perspective completely from can't to I will, and that that moment has really dictated I think everything that's happened in my life
0: since. Love that that process. Oh, that's powerful. Okay, let's talk about how first of all how people can get in touch with you. But I'm gonna encourage people one to go onto your Instagram that's the easiest. If someone's like, just wants to get to know you, there's so much value in there. Um, I like, even some of those posts have helped me so much. So start there. Mm -hmm. Second is if someone wants to spin with you, get on, get onto those classes because you're not only going to get spin, but you're going to get the life coaching. And I think that's what is your magic. Like that's what's so powerful. So if you're like, I can't afford to life coach, well, you can afford to do the spin because I. Amen. That. I love that, and then, and then from there, if someone's like, no, it, it's time, like jump all in and 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 do the life coaching. So, what is the best? What's the process for someone to get in touch with you? Where do they go? What do they do?
1: Okay, so exactly what you said. So I start with my Instagram, which is
0: bangs and a bun, like the
1: hairstyle, bangs and a bun. If you want to ride with me, go to studiobangs.com if you want some life coaching, go to bangs, the consistency coach.com. But all of these are linked in my Instagram. Anyway, if it's too much Perfect. to remember, just
0: go to the Instagram. They're all in the, in the links Perfect. in my bio in there. Yeah. And I'll have it in the show notes too. So amazing! So but yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that, you know, down the road that you'll come back because I have more questions for you. <laughs> I would love it. Let's do a part two. I'm in.
1: This has been such a treat. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've loved this
0: chat. Thank you. Oh, I have as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.